Welcome back to Barely Serious. This is uh, episode 21, the first episode of season two. I'm here with Craig Conant. Hello, I'm Craig Conant. <laughs> uh, stand-up comedian, Laugh Factory, Trader Joe's, everywhere really. Um, how you doing, man? I'm good, man. I feel weird not holding a microphone, just talking. This is the first time you've done a podcast it's, where you don't hold the mic? Yeah. Really? Or if it doesn't have that arm oh, thing yeah. in front of your mouth. It's, I'm, I'm, I'll be all right. It's, it's, it's freeing, man. All right. It's, um, so the question I really want to ask is, uh, how long have you been doing stand-up? I've been doing stand-up seriously uh, about six and a half years, maybe approaching seven. I, I'm, uh, I never really was one to keep dates, but I know I did it about a year before, a year, year and a half before I got sober, and I've been sober five and a half years. Nice, nice. And I did improv first. Uh, because I was terrified of stand-up. Okay. So I did the whole program at the Second City. Okay. And I had tried stand-up before that, and I had done uh, it like four times or whatever. I don't even know. But just, I would do it like twice a year because mm-hmm. I knew I wanted to do it. But I was such a pussy, and I was so thin-skinned that I was terrified of it but i wanted to be in the comedy world universe mm-hmm. yeah. so i was like well i'll try improv because you're on a team and you know it's just it feels in the beginning it feels safer because you're like oh if i fail five of us fail you know what i mean yeah. it's like yeah. there's a net and then stand up as we all know there's you 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 die alone yeah. <laughs> you die alone you're on your own so i did that first and it was very very helpful and in hindsight, I wish I would have just dove in, but I was too sensitive, and, and I, I didn't I didn't have it in me. This is my last alarm to open the door for you. <laughs> well, thank you. I appreciate it. I showed I, up mighty early. It's okay. I was blow-drying my hair. But yeah, um, improv, uh, you know, some comics talk shit about improv. I, I find it's fantastic, and it helped me a great deal, and I highly recommend it for anybody. It is a little bit too much of a happy universe, though. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Like stand-up's a little too sad, and improv's a little too happy. I wish there was a middle ground. Right. Uh, you know, it's just like a fucking. Uh, it almost seems like, you know, th- this over- improv is like manic. Like they're on too many happy pills, and they're like, "Hey, horny? <laughs> you know, I kill puppies on my days off." You know, like, <laughs> where you're like, nobody's that happy, asshole. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? You're yeah. like, that's not real. Like be human, right? Yin and the yang. Like nobody's like that. It's 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 really weird. I know I'm making fun of it, but if you immerse yourself in the improv community, it is too much happy. You're yeah. like, what yeah. the fuck? Like, is this Pleasantville? Like, what is? You know what I mean? Like, this is weird. And then the stand-up world is like too suicidal. You're like, oh my god! Like, does yeah. it always have to yeah. be this dark? And uh, anyways. I guess they balance each other out. So when did uh, when did you start getting like 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 bigger spots? Because like people have seen you on like the Laugh Factory Instagram page, their YouTube and and pages like that. So how did you kind of work your way into not work your way into, but get seen? Fuck, you just get get funny and then you get lucky and straight up, I'm uh, I'm just. I'm, I was gonna say I'm lucky. I'm a chill ass dude. I guess I work hard on being a chill. Just be a chill, fucking normal human being, yeah. a good dude, and then be funny, and you'll get stuff. Mm-hmm. And I can't. There's no like direct path other than I was just a microphone fiend, 
I will go anywhere, anytime and do a show. And I think, uh, I don't think, I know people respect that. Like anybody who works hard, everybody respects, anybody who gets anything, let's say fucking Bob, I always say Bob Vila, I don't know why, but let's say fucking Bob Barker over there is not that funny, but he works hard and hard and does mics and does shows and hangs out and then he starts getting stuff and he's just okay. Even like even that, like no one's gonna talk shit. You're like, right. oh, he worked hard for that. You know right. what I mean? Like that took him four years, five years, six, whatever. And uh, I don't know. People just respect hard work, and I just try to work hard. And working hard comes easy to me because I'm a fucking addict, and I love this, and so I'm right. addicted to it. And it's my it's my baby. It's my home. It's it's. Uh, it ruins my life. It ruins relationships. It kills every. You know what yeah. I mean? It just takes over because you're consumed by comedy and, and uh, you eat, live, and breathe this shit. And it's all you can think about and it's all you can talk about. And uh, sometimes that's bad, but uh, it's 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 also good. It's how you get yeah. good. Yeah. You're just obsessed now, with the funny. You're actually the first, we came to this realization before we started, that you're actually the first stand-up comic that I saw live when you were opening for Chris D'Elia at the Irvine Improv, and it was two years ago. You poor bastard. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the first stand-up you've ever seen. And you're like, I'll take it, that's pretty cool. It was funny, because you came out, and you're just like, oh, like I work at Trader Joe's, and I was like, oh, what the fuck? Yeah. You know, like, it was, like, I work at Trader Joe's. You know, it was it was it was super funny, and I was like, "Damn!" Like it was actually funny because um, I was with a group of friends, and they're like, "Oh, like after everyone, you know, it's like you see a commercial, and you're like, oh, I want to see that movie.' You're like, oh, like that guy was funny, or that guy wasn't as funny, and like the group came to like they're like, oh, like that that Mark guy, like like oh, what was his act about and stuff like that. Yeah. I was like, no, like his he had a he had a really funny joke about um, like the differences between sex in Ireland and yeah and here. And like, like I was like, no, you guys, like that shit was fucking hilarious. Like, nah, like we didn't laugh as much. And I was like, well, you Mark's guys, you guys accent idiots. actually hinders him. Yeah, he's so Irish. You're like, oh, they're all there. You're like, what the <laughs> fuck did you just say? Dude? He's one of my best friends, and I'm always like, what? Yeah, you know, he ordered uh, guacamole at the restaurant Swingers Diner the other day, and the server goes, water? <laughs> you know, I mean, guacamole. As a distinct word, yeah, you know, and if if his accent's so thick, but uh, we make fun of him a lot. For I have a, a similar friend. His name's Steve, Steve Lardner, and uh, he's straight out of Ireland. Same thing, but it's not like he's able to like, but we make fun of him for it because it's like he yeah. does mess up like just random words, and uh, he just did a, a roast battle, and like every joke was like about that. It was just it was just ridiculously funny. Um, yeah, Mark's been here too long to have that thick of an accent. He's been here years. It's like it's like yeah, you, you know Ichiro, years. Ichiro Suzuki, the baseball player. Yeah, he's been in America for like twenty five years now, and he still is a translator. Yeah, he just doesn't care. I feel like he's just like faking it just to keep his homie like with the job. Nah, he's pro- yeah maybe <laughs> <laughs> that would be you know let me fake my uh, no English for my buddy gets a couple hundred grand a year. I would do it. Yeah. <laughs> Good homie. Um, so when your first year, how often were you like, were you slamming mics? Like how many mics were you doing at night? Um, I got really, really lucky and I met this producer, Tammy Jo Deeren, and she let me work her shows just like the bullshit, 
you know, she the one who just set up the show, the yeah. chairs, the tables, the mic, the lights, and run sound and do the light and timing yeah. for stage time. So I did do mics, but she, I went working for her. I'd do three to nine shows a week. Oh, damn. So it almost, uh, I didn't have to do mics like everybody else had to do mics. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I would do, uh, I don't even know. Before I met her, I met her at the perfect time, like right in the beginning, right as I got sober. So like, I don't know. I was sensitive and I hated mics because they're so depressing. Yeah. <laughs> so I would do like two to four a week. I wasn't a mic junkie. Sometimes I would go crazy and do like three in a day. And Right. But uh, I met her very, very early on. So that mic period was very short-lived. And then when I was doing three to nine shows a week, like I would only do one or two a week because it just wasn't. Right. I had my stage time. And a lot of them at that time, now she produces great shows and it'll be like me and Fahim and yeah. fucking Eleanor Kerrigan and they, you know it's all awesome comics but back then they were bringer shows mm-hmm. and she still would stack it was like half bringers half veterans you know yeah. it'd be like Laurie Kilmartin and the bringer and mm-hmm. then, you know it was yeah. so it wasn't too awful because right. bringer comics are just brand new booty people that generally aren't good because they're new right. but every now and then some of them are absolute delights anyways so I would do those shows and uh, that was, it was like comedy boot camp because, as you know, with bringer shows, sometimes yeah. they're electric, sold out, the best show ever. And then sometimes you're like, oh, this is just like an open mic. Yeah. There's yeah. eight people here and they don't want to be here. Mm-hmm. You know, so it was literally, sometimes she'd do three shows a night and it'd be hot, medium, dog shit. You know, yeah. and I would get all the different. Mm-hmm. And so it was very, very awesome for uh my development as a comedian it was like it was straight up comedy boot camp and i loved it i got paid in tacos it was fantastic (laughs) are you you've been la your whole time yeah where's like where's the furthest i saw you did a show uh with michael yo in florida and then with someone else in boston like have you done that show probably the furthest i've ever been this yeah i've i don't even i don't keep track of anything i should because it's kind of cool stats to yeah I don't even know. I've probably done. Uh, I'm just guessing 14 states or some shit. I've got, I've gotten around. Yeah, but not I, a little bit. I but I've not done the whole country. Right, 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 right. And I I probably should write this all down one day and be like, oh yeah, because I just I don't care about dates and time. Like someone's yeah. like, when's the first time you grab a mic? I'm like, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I, I just um, know I uh, I keep track of everything. That's I, uh, smart though. I wish like I had a map and was like i've been here i've been yeah, there marked down oh my every God. set jesus Christ. the length i rank i give it a grade and i just write down like little notes like how it went and i stuff. have none of that <laughs> absolutely none of that like sometimes people are like i saw you there i was like i was there and I was like, <laughs> oh yeah i was it's that's smart but i'm just like fucking living the moment that's the past dead now who cares yeah i write it down like but the next that's morning dope. like it's, it's cool though i would i like Actually, it's just laziness. I say live in the moment, live in the now. It's straight up laziness. It's like, I don't want to write that down. Right. Someone's like, have you been to Iowa? I'd be like, no. And then like 10 minutes later, like, oh, wait, I have. <laughs> I went with that EF. That's right. For, I just um, forget. 
That's so. We're all gonna die. None of this matters. Do you go up nightly? <laughs> I love saying that. It's so funny. Uh, no, yes, kinda. It's, dude. Sometimes, uh, it just depends. I like my record. Still is eleven shows. I've done that like three times in a week. Okay. Uh, so yeah, I, I have and can go up nightly, but you know, I probably average uh, five nights a week. I like I like treating stand up like a job, like five nights a week. I wish yeah. it was multiple spots a week because one time I did, th- I th- oh my god, I forgot. I should have wrote this down. It's on my calendar though. I think one night I did four club spots on like a Friday night. That was the most heaven I've ever really? been in my life. <laughs> it was amazing. I was like, oh my god, and uh, but yeah, most of the time it's just one spot a night, and I probably average maybe five shows a week. Yeah, that's, that's pretty good for no credits, man. No, that's dope. I was just gonna, I was gonna ask like, what are your like views on like time off? Like, do you take like Sundays off or like? Do you I hate Sunday? working Sundays, and I prefer not to. But of course, if anybody asks yeah, me to yeah. do anything, I'm like, yeah, yeah. You know, I always say yes until you have options to say no. Um, but yeah, I like I like to think I would like to treat stand up as a job and do it five nights a week. Mm-hmm. And have a couple days off, one day for, you know, life, bullshit, laundry, right, right. car wash, that. And then one night, I'm a family man, I love, I, I gotta go see my nephew and niece and shit. And my sisters and mom and dad. So I would like, in a perfect world, I would like multiple spots, five nights a week. And then one night for self-care and then one night for family. That's awesome. Yeah, because I see, I think that that's probably the one thing that separates you from other comics that I've seen is the fact that you have like that whole family life and that not only do you have like the family life where you just post it but it's also it's like a, it's like a running bit now like with your mom like the, your big booty mom yeah you gotta make fun of my big booty mama and my, <laughs> my asshole dad and you know it's uh, that's fucked up my dad watches these things sometimes my dad's just old school white alcoholic curmudgeon you know like oh you know wc fields like get out of here kid <laughs> And so he's very fun to make fun of, and I call him a pussy face, and he gets mad, and he's like, hey, I'm not a pussy face, you're a pussy face, and it's just so funny to me. How old? How old's your nephew? He's like two-ish, right? Uh, he's a year and a half, I don't even pay attention. <laughs> uh, what month are we in April? He's April. a year and four months. He was born in Christmas. Oh, that's awesome. He's a Christmas baby. Yeah, but he's active as fuck. That kid's rowdy. He cannot. He's into everything. Yes. Yeah. Everything. He can't have shit. It's destroyed. He'll just find it, eat it, shit on it, fucking play with your knife. You're like, hey, give that back. <laughs> He's just into everything. It's like, oh, they, they said, don't touch this. Let me touch all of this. Yeah. He's just one of those. So, Trader Joe's. Next up, I want to talk about. How long did you work for Trader Joe's? 11, 10.75 years, I round up. Uh, 10 years, 8 months or some shit like that. 10 years, 9 months. And so, were you, were you morning crew and then you would do stand-up at night? I did all of it. In the beginning, I closed. I closed for like 6 years, barf. Closing shift is like 3 to 11 or 4 to midnight. And, uh, and then I transferred to Hollywood. And finally, I was like, hey, I do stand-up. I'm trying to anyways. Yeah. Like, I need nights off. 
and then uh, finally a manager gave it to me and I never looked back. That's dope. Yeah, because right now I'm transitioning, trying to transition from night crew to morning crew so that I could do more yeah. stuff. Because otherwise I would just like work closing on weekends and like a mid on like a Tuesday or something. Yeah, I just, I finally told the dude, I was, I just like was like, hey dude, I got a dream. Like, you can cut my hours, do what you got to do, but I'm morning crew. You know? Yeah. Do what they knew, I, you know. Once you, I felt like they didn't give me, didn't give me because everybody wants morning crew. But I was just like, you cut me down to one fucking day, but I'm morning, dude. I gotta yeah, go do this yeah. shit. And it's not like I told them like stand up. Yesterday I got asked to host at the Improv at four thirty p.m. It was the seven thirty show. It's right. like there's no planning. Like yeah, eighty percent of my shows come last minute. Mm-hmm. A lot of time my week will be empty and I'll be like, oh fuck, I'm, I don't know what it is about last minute bookings and me or whatever, but I get shit last minute all the time, so I always have to be available. Yeah. And now that I don't really have a job, so it doesn't matter anymore. <laughs> but at that time, I just told them like, this is how this shit is, dude. I'll get, I get asked the day of or the day before. It's not. Like, I can't be like, yeah. no, I have to go stock bread. I don't, can't do a show <laughs> at the world-famous comedy store. Yeah. You know, it's like, I'm gonna, I gotta, just give me my shit, bro. So. And it finally happened. So, like, I remember you would, like, post stuff all over, so you would shake up that one dude's cans, you would jump off, like, the fridges and shit. Like, I remember I replied to, like, one of your stories, I was like, dude, like, how, how chill are your freaking managers? And you're like, dude, like, like. I get away with murder is what you said or something like that. I get it. Yeah, I do. Uh, they all laughed. Uh, I'm fired now and time's <laughs> passed, but uh, my managers would watch and laugh and, you know, it's kind of like uh, what mama don't know don't hurt. Like yeah, They wouldn't yeah. rat me out and I wouldn't rat them out. But the shit's funny, man. I'm shaking up old fucking farts, sodas <laughs> and selling it to them. And just being a jackass, but, you know, with love and just being, I would say to, like, a customer, like, hey, fuck you, Bob. And, but, the, like, what the audience didn't know is, like, I've been ringing Bob up for eight years. And yeah. He yeah. was gay and would hit on me. And, uh, he, you know, I'd say, call him a, a pussy and I'd let him <laughs> grab my booty, you know, or whatever. Uh, just kidding. But, actually, there was some old creepers that would grab my ass. But I'd let really? shit slide. Yeah, you know. Like old ladies are always like touching my arm and be like, they'll be like, hey, like, where's the frozen peas at? I'll be like, walk them to it. And they'll yeah, be like, why was West Hollywood, bro? It was old men yeah. for me. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I didn't give a fuck. Get let them get a light molestation for me to get some fire content to, to yeah, talk shit yeah. and call an 80 year old man an asshole on camera. And, you know. Who was, who was your friend that, um, Gorman, was that? Big dumb white boy, yeah. Daniel Gorman, my big dumb white boy. Well, his section was what, like soup or something? You always throw it up. Top. Yeah, he did grocery order, which is all the the, yeah. the dry boxed shit, spices to soups and shit, and I would destroy his section, and it was <laughs> so fun. It's like uh, uh, what people don't know. Why my managers also didn't give a fuck? Yeah, I would do that shit and like dump the box out on the floor and be like, ah, fuck this place. Yeah. But then I would stock it very neatly right, and professionally right. afterwards. It was just for the gag. Sometimes maybe I didn't. I was just over that day and I was very tired. But even me on my worst day, I was there so long and just had respect for the job to do it correctly. 
that even I was better than most people. Yeah. Even fucking around just because I'd been there forever and I could write any order. Right. You want me to write produce to frozen to dry produce? I already said that. But you know <laughs> what I mean? The soda water is like, you know, I'd do it. And uh, I just was there forever and I knew everything, knew every customer, knew every manager. Every now and then be a new manager to give me a hard time and I would just talk shit until they'd submit. Because I didn't give a fuck. I think that was my power. I just was like, you could fire me. I don't give a fuck. Right, right. What are you going to do? Right. You write me up, fucking suck my ass, <laughs> bitch. I don't give a fuck. I don't care. I'm a comic. I, uh, You're going to tell me not to call old men fuck faces? No, I'm going to do it tomorrow. I'm going <laughs> to ride a scooter in the store. I don't care. What was what, like the... I, I definitely lead the store in customer complaints, but they're all stupid. Like, did you ever get, like, stupid complaints? I would, I don't know. I don't, that's they my... Didn't tell you? I think that's my superpower. <laughs> I don't know. I just would harass people with charm and with love. Yeah. Because I would get one complaint a year. And uh, I remember one guy, like, he said something smart-ass to me, and I fucking fired back immediately. And I said, whatever, old fart. See, he called. He said something like, "I didn't just call him an old fart right. right out the gate." He said something I don't even remember. He called me like it was like a I don't know if he called me a druggy hippie or a sexual, but I just remember he shot first and I shot back immediately. And I called him. I said, "Whatever, old man or old fart," <laughs> and he got really mad. And then he, I went outside and did a cart run. This yeah. incident happened in store. And then uh, he went in. I didn't even know, but he went in to rat me out. And then uh, I guess he said to my managers, like, he made fun of my age. And that's <laughs> eight. And it was an older gay gentleman. He's like, that's ageist. That's the same thing as being racist. That's, he's like, that's the same thing as like calling me the N-word and making fun of my age. And, and my managers were like, in their head, were like, no, it's not. Yeah. <laughs> it's totally different. And... Of course, if it was racist, I would be fired immediately. Right, right. And then, uh, and then he walks outside. I'm doing a cart run, and then I just, cause I had rapport with this dude, you know. Yeah. Like, I didn't just call him an old fart. He harassed me for a reason. I harassed him for a reason. Uh -huh. I've been ringing up fucking six years, whatever the fuck years, and then I don't know what happened, but I, he said something to me. I said something back, but it was like, it was fine. And I, yeah. And I, I, I don't remember what the exact thing. I, I was like, let's see you later, fucking Bob. Everybody's Bob. See you later, Bob. <laughs> and then he would look at me. He goes, you know what? I just ratted on you for calling me an old fart, and I feel bad now. I'm going to go back and take back my complaint. And then he went back in and took back his complaint. And then my managers were like, didn't know whether to get me in trouble or not. They're like, yeah, that guy said you called him an old fart, but then he ratted you out and then felt bad. And I was like, oh, yeah. And I don't even know. I think that was my last complaint. Just, I've, uh, I didn't get complaints. Like, one a year, maybe. I, but I would get compliments, like, fucking once oh, a week. So it's just like, my managers knew what's up. It's like, we're going to let one complaint slide. Which always, I thought, that's so dumb of fucking corporate pussy-ass, bitch-ass motherfuckers. Is if a guy gets a compliment a week... But gets one complaint in the year. 
Yeah. They focus on the complaint. It's like, yo, how about that customer was an asshole yeah. and you let my track record speak for itself? Right. I mean, of course, if an employee is getting a complaint a week and a compliment a year, obviously discipline the motherfucker. Right. But if it's reverse, let that shit slide. And I feel like most of corporate America is dumbass, stupid-ass motherfuckers and they'll punish a guy for one complaint over 40 compliments. And yeah. Like, That's so dumb. It's like, have some fucking judgment, you idiots. <laughs> I uh, I got this complaint one time. This lady came through with like $300 worth of just frozen goods. And like it was like 8.45. We were about to close. And so I was just kind of like half-assed, whatever. And I was like, oh, like it looks like your microwave's going to be working overtime. Like just like a, just like didn't mean anything by it. Yeah. And so she went up and complained to the manager saying that she thought that I was telling her that she was a bad mom. Oh, that, basically what that is... Is that lady is a bad mother, <laughs> yeah. and she heard a light joke over yeah. a lot of frozen food, yeah, and took it to the heart because she, the only way she gets offended by that is if she is a bad yeah, mother. Yeah, she thinks it's true. Was one time when I got in a fight with my cousin and she called me a loser, and I got so upset. And you know why? Because I was a fucking loser, and it was the truth. So yeah. it upset me. Yeah. If she called me a loser now, I'd be like, no, I'm not. I'm doing what I love. I'm sober. Yeah. Yeah. And I and I just try to live a clean life. And that's different. Then I was on Oxycontin, cocaine, and alcohol, and didn't do stand-up, and didn't have a job, and didn't have money, right. and didn't have tags that were up to date on my vehicle. <laughs> so, yeah, you call me a loser. I'm like, because <gasps> it was the truth. So you call you made a light joke. That lady's a fucking bad mom. And the only reason I could say that is because she was so sensitive to a light joke that just was just my you're just passing time trying yeah. to fucking conversate. You didn't say, Oh, you beat your kids, huh? Yeah. <laughs> you know, you said, Oh, you're that's a fucking normal joke. Yeah, my, my managers were just like, Yeah, we know you, like that's we know what you meant, like you didn't mean anything by it. And they my captain ended up like like cause she called the store multiple times, like follow up, like oh, did you write him up? Did you write him up? And they're like, no, we're not gonna that's, write him up. That's for... a bitch. That's yeah. a bitch. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, that's I respect the women, but that particular one lady, yeah. you gotta yeah. fucking be safe with everything. The PC. <laughs> yeah. But any wo- woman, man, human being, whatever the fuck you are, that calls the store, be like, did you get a hardworking young man in trouble for making a joke? Yeah. That's not yeah. even hurtful or harmful yeah. to anybody. Yeah. It's about a microwave. How <laughs> fucking politically correct is this shitty ass world where you can't even make fun of a fucking microwave yeah. that a lady takes offense to it? Now, you, you worked at Trader Joe's when you started like blowing up. Like I think, weren't you at work when the Laugh Factory posted one of your videos? Yeah, I was. And it was, it was quite magical. It was the perfect storm. To yeah. start a fan base. I had I didn't have much before the Laugh right. Factory posted my stand-up. So God bless you, Laugh Factory. And uh, uh, they posted my Lamita Man joke. Yeah. Which is probably my favorite joke and story because it's all true and it's just funny. And it led to me getting into stand-up and getting sober. I was literally in jail and was like, I got to change my life. Yeah, yeah. This is bad. And then uh, I planted the seed to get me sober and into comedy. And, of course, that takes years because sobriety's fucking hard. Right. And, uh, you know, it's a common saying, like, it takes five years to get one year. Meaning it takes five years attempt to get one year of sobriety. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, 
because it's fucking hard. And uh, once you stack time, it then becomes easier. It did for me, anyways. And then, uh, yeah, they posted that shit, and then the and then uh, and then people tuned in, and then I met Trader Joe's yeah. acting like a jackass. Yeah. So like that's <laughs> contagious. I'm shaking a soda. Yeah. Calling fucking Bob Vila fart ass, and that's always fun. And then the next post they posted of me working at Trader yeah. Joe's. I, it was stand up about Trader Joe's, and then more people tuned into my I, Instagram, and then it was me at Trader Joe's. So it was just like, oh, this comic isn't bang, bang. lying. Yeah. It was yeah. like he's making fun of himself working at Trader Joe's, and then they check me out, and like, oh, he is jumping off the roof at Trader Joe's. <laughs> like he's the real deal, <laughs> or whatever. And um, so because of that, did you ever have any like not like because I had. It was weird. At first, I thought it was a prank, but I actually had like this stalker guy. Did you ever have anything like that at Trader Joe's? Anybody that come in and yeah. just to see you? Yeah, and it was very weird to be a grocery store employee and have yeah. a fan come up to you and be like, "Hey, can I take a picture with yeah. you?" Or, "Hey, can you sign my Trader Joe's bag?" And I'm like, "Yeah, like I'm, <laughs> I'm also ringing you up. <laughs> like this is so weird." And a lot of it's in my act, uh, and I have jokes about it, but, like, there's this one joke I do that's all true where I was ringing up a guy, and and he was like, hey, do you do stand-up? And then I was like, yeah. He's like, I saw you at the Wilter New Year's Eve. And he's like, you fucking killed it, man. And he was just smiles. And then he literally went, like, you killed it at the Wilter. And they're like, you, you, you really do work at Trader Joe's. <laughs> and I could see, like... A shift go from like wow to like oh, like he got sad yeah. for me like oh you you kid like that was my joke like I would be a rock star on stage at the Will Turn yeah. performing in front of two thousand people and then I would clock in and then the next morning and then yeah. like Craig we need you to clean the toilets <laughs> and then I would and I would never forget that of doing a, a theater gig and then waking up and clocking in and being like on four hours sleep you know and was like damn this sucks yeah because yeah. it was the highest of the highs to have a great set in front of that many people and you just feel it you know you're like whoa and then to wake up and clock in and then literally go clean the toilets which they asked me to do all the time because i was the only one that actually did it fucking well like, <laughs> all right and I would literally just be making noises that I was always at work going, uh, <laughs> just as a joke, you know, just I thought it was, it, it was, it was funny. And and then it was everyone I worked with, would, you know, because yeah. we're all miserable. It's yeah. 6 a.m. And we're stuck in fucking nuts. Like nobody wants yeah, to do yeah. that. And we just laugh, you know. Performing in front of the theater gigs, like what's, what's the most amount of people that you performed in front of? I believe it was 2,200 and was that the Wiltern? No. I think the Wiltern is 1,800. Okay. I forget. Uh, the Wiltern's close to 2,000, something like that. 2,200, I think, was in uh, San Diego. I don't remember. Oh, okay. It was, I, I do, I opened for Chris D'Elian, and uh, he's theater, doing theater gigs now, and uh, I don't keep track. I yeah, forgot. Yeah. It was one of them with him. It was like 2,200 or 2,500. Or, I don't know. Have lo- you, it was a lot of hundreds, you know? <laughs> have you ever, like, have you ever, like, bombed in front of, like, that many no. people? No? You do your A shit. 
in front of a theater gig. I mean, I've bombed. I'm not trying to right, sound like a right. cocky asshole. I've bombed so much. Yeah. But in front of a sold out theater gig, they're fans. They're fanatics. They paid good money. They right. want to laugh. They want to. If be you there. bomb in front of them, you suck. Right. You're bad. Or you're doing all new shit and fucking shame on you. Just kill. Right. It's not your place. You know. Right. Like you. If I'm at the improv lab in the small room, that's experimental time. That's time to grow. Yeah. Late night, belly room, whatever, grow. You experiment. You're doing sold out, 2200. You do your A shit and you kill and that's that. Like, yeah. Don't fucking be like, I'm going to try this. Out. No. Just kill and get a fan base. You know, that's right. what right. That's what that is. How long have you been, so, so you're amateur, how long have you been, like, what's your longest joke? That you, like, that you've, not like, that you've been telling like how many like years or months like what's your longest joke that you still tell like how long ago did you write it if i'm doing a long set i still do all my first jokes uh i don't do any of my old jokes anymore not really mm-hmm. um i don't know i guess like after a couple years you get sick of them and you kind of retire them just yeah. cuz you in your own subconscious you're like i've been telling that too long i would i would say the shelf life for my jokes is two years i'm already sick of my act i talk about getting fired for farting and that only happened six months ago and i'm sick of telling that story yeah uh but yeah like if a joke kills it kills and you know some of my oldest bits are six years old and they're about working at trader joe's and if i'm running my hour I have to do them because I yeah. don't have anything else, you know. <laughs> it's really hard to write stand up and yeah, okay, you know, maybe I've written 3 hours of stand up, but of which that I'm proud of that right, actually right. works is like 45 minutes, you know. Right. You know the the fucking you write 100 jokes to to get 10, yeah, to get yeah. one gold one. I mean, that's literally the process and how hard it is. George Carlin it's a famous quote or saying or whatever, but he says it takes me two years to write one hour. That's one of the greatest comedians that ever walked this planet. Mm-hmm. And it and he's 30 years in the game. Yeah. You know, 30 yeah. years. And it takes him two years to write one hour. Yeah. And he's one of the best that, are, you know, so that just gives you a gauge of how hard it is to write stand-up comedy. Yeah, yeah. So absolutely. I'm new booty fucking six years in you know i probably have an hour that i'm proud of i've ran it three times you know i don't Uh even know how to do an hour but that's changing as my career progresses and uh and as my fan base grows out that's what i'm trying to do this year is go from opener to headliner Mm -hmm. and i think it'll happen yeah and i'm scared to death of it really (laughs) yeah man yeah i mean i bet territory 10 to 20 minutes, 10 minutes to 30 minutes, it's fucking cakewalk. You're going in the middle. Yeah. You're a feature. You're ho- I'm hosting or featuring. Feature's the easiest job in the world. You go in the middle, the crowd's ready to go because yeah. the host yeah. bit the bullet. You do 15 to 25, which is no one, that's long enough to make your dent and also not long enough for people to get sick of you. Right, right. You know, it's the easiest job in the world. And then headliner... You got to do 45 to an hour and you get that check drop when people are looking at that bill. Yeah. Arguing over, you know, <laughs> how much to pay. That shit's hard as fuck. 
you know? Yeah, the 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 host spot is hard, dude. I um I hosted comedy juice. Really hard. People don't realize how hard hosting is. No, yeah, you're cold opening. You're literally you're. 100% 100% taking the bullet, you're meant to just eat the dick to set it yeah, up. Yeah, ca- they call it bite the bullet for a fucking reason, because you're literally taking one for the team. Yeah. <laughs> you're eating shit for the first couple minutes because nobody is ready for comedy. Right. They're sitting down, they're ordering drinks, they're worried about work or parking or this or conversating. Or just, yeah. They're not ready, and it's your job to get them ready. Yeah. So yeah, hosting is so hard, and it's always annoying when you're like the host. There's been many a times I've hosted and had a good set. Uh-huh. And then people like, like, after the show, be like, do you do comedy? I'm like, what the fuck <laughs> do you think I was doing, you fucking asshole? Did you not hear laughter? Like, <laughs> I've had that when I bombed, too, and I've understood that question. But there was one time I, like, killed it as a host. I was like, wow, I had a good set as a host. That's, like, extra pat on the yeah, back because it's yeah. extra hard. And then a guy said that to me, and I was like... You motherfucker, <laughs> I'll fucking kill you. <laughs> You'll have nine people come up and be like, you were amazing. And that one guy says that one negative thing and that's all you focus yeah, on. Yeah. It's so annoying. That's definitely that's definitely my favorite part of doing comedies when people like random people come up and they'll just they'll just be like, Hey dude, great site and then that's your only interaction with them ever and then they'll walk away and it's just like as yeah. everybody's funneling out, it's just fucking awesome. An unsolicited on uh like just a compliment from a complete stranger that you don't know yeah feels really good because you know they don't have to say that yeah and most people don't want to say that so in order to get that it means you did a very good job for a stranger to be like wow that was great yeah yeah i like those more because a friend can always lie yeah you know your mom's always actually not my mom i was gonna say most moms are always encouraging my mom to be like what happened there <laughs> you were better last time <laughs> oh man she's See, just brutally honest you were on um so you were on mtv a while back on mtv's next which is a show i never watched but i watched your episode and it was pretty cheesy like yeah a tv course. show like you want to explain like what that was, was like so- what happened the crazy thing is is as cheesy as mine was is mine was all organic, real interactions. Really? So what happens when they're filming that particular dating show and probably all of it, I'm guessing, is the first take is organic, real conversation. And then there's three takes. And after that, the creative consultants or writers on the show feed me lines of what to say. Oh, okay. So first was real take of somewhat organic conversation in in uh situations that they planned you Mm -hmm. know mine was faking lamaze class pregnancy but then after that first take they go okay now say this Mm -hmm. and they would feed me shit to say and i was so uh bad at it and bad at acting (laughs) that whatever they fed me to say i butchered really like butchered so bad that nine, I think 100% of everything on my episode is my first response because <laughs> they would, because they would feed me the cheesiest fucking lines ever. They would say like, say, say I'm the clown that'll win the crown. I'd be like, I, I'd be like, I don't say that. I've never said that in my life. Like, I, I don't know. And that was pre-comedy, pre-acting, pre-everything. Yeah, yeah. 
So I'd be like, I'm the clown. I don't went, you know, I don't even know how I looked or sounded, but I know it was so bad that they used zero percent of it, zero oh, percent, none of it. So everything you saw was just my response. So thank God I was so bad at acting that they only used me. But you won, right? I won. Yeah. Yeah. And so, is your your bit about it? Is that like a little bit? Oh, it's a little or... bit false. No, yeah. yeah. The truth to that, I you look my bit up online. I don't want to tell it right now. Right. But uh, so what happened was the director came up to me and he goes, "You won, and you get a choice of the money or the girl." And I was like, "I want the money." <laughs> and then he said, "You you should choose the girl. It this, this date's going well. It would look better for television if you choose the girl." And I'm yeah. like, "I want the money." <laughs> and then he said. Just choose the girl and I'll give you the money too. So in okay. reality, I got both. Oh, that's dope. But in comedy, the la- I say it just how I said it, but the the final one, I was like, I just say, give, I want the fucking money, dude. Because <laughs> it's funnier than, I got both, you know? Like, yeah, the, it's just, the funniest part about that bit is he's just like, he's like, it's $62, man. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> I forgot that part. And then, uh, yeah. That's the you remember my joke better than me. I forgot. It. <laughs> That's the whole punchline. He, I go. I want the fucking money, bro. And he goes, "It's sixty-two dollars, man." And I go, "I know. Give it to me." <laughs> uh, in reality, I got both. And and also in reality, it was eighty-two. But you change the little fucking numbers like that for comedy, because I don't know why sixty-two hits harder than eighty-two. Yeah. But it does. I think it's because 62, it just feels like that's a number that, like, we could have in our wallets. Like, people walk around yeah. with, like, 60 bucks in their yeah. wallet, so they're less like, oh, like, I could give that to you right now. Yeah, 82 is like, yeah, I would choose 82, yeah, too. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> But 62, like, you cheap bastard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's just weird things. Uh, it's, it's crazy how such a little detail can mean the difference between, like, a wholehearted laugh or just, like... A chuckle. Like, yeah. Absolutely. It's Absolutely. Nuts. I've talked about this too, where I I, uh, I say the word retard in my set, but I call myself retarded, and I have tried to be politically correct mm-hmm. and say I'm special, and it does not work yeah. at all. Yeah, I mean it works like this much, but when I say retarded, it kills. Yeah, and I'm not. I would never make fun of anybody with any mental disability ever in my life, and if you listen to the context of my joke, I'm making fun of myself. I'm not being malicious towards anybody. And it's just a word I grew up with, right? My whole life. For context, that's um, the bit you're talking about. Is the one where you talk about how you did too much. Yeah, I, I yeah. ate mushrooms five days in a row, and I did too much. And I, I, I the whole joke is I, 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 I ate so many mushrooms yeah. that I thought I went retarded. Right, right. That's the you know. So it's not like you're making fun of anybody. You're just saying no. like yeah. And even that in this in this world, I get a lot of hate. Do you really? It's, yeah, like DMs, like because that exhibits on the internet, and it's like, I can't believe you said that word, and it's like, I'm making fun of myself. Yeah, I would never fucking have any anybody with any mental disability. I'm, my heart goes out to you. I'll, I'll yeah. help you mm-hmm. in any way, shape, and form that I can. In my life, I don't really know what I can do, but it's not. It's like, I'm not fucking malicious, man. Like right. it's not. You, you're going after the wrong guy, I guess that's what I gotta say. It's a word, it has definition, it has meaning. It fucking goes back to like Latin, you know, it's like a 2,000 year old word and 
I grew up with it and it has a definition and I use it making fun of myself and I have no it it's yeah. it's like it's not I'm not coming from there. All right, motherfuckers. It's it's crazy how people do get backlash for for jokes though cuz the Laugh Factory they didn't they just they just posted one of Ari Manis's bits. Yeah, and they took and it down. They did. Yeah. It's like and the they, thing that's a lot so, of hate for that. My buddy Chris Delia, I open from all the time. He hooks it up. He has a bit on it and and it, it's it's he says I don't even remember how it goes, but he goes, "Hey, we're fucking joking." Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Like you're ta- you're taking comedians seriously and we are joking. It is yeah. our job to make light of dark things like mental illness, cancer, mm-hmm. uh sex, the pr- pr- predators, whatever. It yeah. is our job, it is our duty to make fun of this thing and and make and you'll know when somebody's hateful about it and when right. they're not of course and if you can't tell the difference fuck you and don't go to comedy shows you're a bitch mm-hmm. and and it's just it's really it's un it's unreal that politicians don't get held accountable for their words and comedians do i mean it is literally yeah. we are living in a bizarro world mm-hmm. it's like we're comedians joking and our career can end over a joke and a politician who's supposed to be a man of sincerity and 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 conviction and and meaning can say whatever the fuck they want it's like oh he's republican he's crazy yeah it's like oh they run the country (laughs) yeah yeah i just tell dick jokes and pussy jokes yeah for five bucks (laughs) <laughs> and you're gonna end my career. It does. It's 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 absolutely uh, baffling. It's ass backwards. It doesn't make sense. It's wrong, and uh, I don't understand it. And there's there's times I'll censor myself because it's like, even though it may look like I have a career, it's like I don't really have a career yet. Mm-hmm. It's like I want to get some place, you know, established. Like once you're Joe Rogan, once you're Delia or Theo Vaughn and shit. Like, you're at a place where, like, you have your own empire, you have mm-hmm. your own career, you can say and do whatever the fuck you want. Until you get to that status, it's almost like, I, I need to get shit first. Yeah. And then I can say whatever the fuck I want, because, hey, dropping the, uh, the saying the word retard or, 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 or doing a, a sex bit, uh, like Ari, can mm-hmm. hurt your career, and, and he's joking. Yeah. I know Ari. Ari's my buddy. I fucking love him. He's a good dude. That bit was hilarious. That bit is hilarious. He did a, 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 I don't even know the bit, but it was about sex with an underage girl. Yeah, he was talking about how he asked, he asked the audience, he was like, he's like, hey, are there any teachers in here? And one girl was like, yeah. And he's like, I don't think teachers should get paid more than they already do. Yeah. And he goes into like, I would totally be a teacher. Like, I hear that you get to like bang your students now. And he's like, if like, She's 18, like, it's cool. If she's 17 and keeps her mouth shut, it's cool. It's like the bit. Yeah, that's a joke. That's a yeah. joke. He's fucking joking. It's called a joke, motherfucker. <laughs> it's J-O-K-E. I don't understand. It, it. He's not serious. He's not a teacher. He's never had sex with an underage girl. Yeah. Unless yeah. he was underage, uh-huh. you know? And it's a fucking joke and the amount of hate that poor bastard got oh, he man. got so much hate that it was then laughable and uh-huh. we all we we it's like hey i saw your bed he's like oh <laughs> <laughs> 
Andrew Santino was talking about it too in the green room, and he was just like, "That poor bastard." He Andrew Santino is very funny, uh, established veteran, funny fucking motherfucker. And anyways, he was just like, same shit. He's like, "It's a joke." Yeah. yeah. And uh, but also like, you know, the reason he Andrew was saying the reason people are so offended by that is because I. Un- unfortunately it's a sad reality of this world is like almost every uh girl on this planet has had a horrible sexual encounter yeah. Yeah. and that's why i believe everybody gets so offended by that joke but the truth to ari manis is he was kidding it's not true he literally wrote a children's book yeah and it's like i don't i know i keep repeating myself saying it's a joke but i don't know what else to say yeah this it's a fucking joke. Yeah. If you don't like it, don't follow him. Yeah. Don't send him hate mail and did get his, his bit pulled. It's did his like, DMs really blow up with hate? Absolutely. Did you see any of the things or did he tell I you? I didn't like, show me one, but I knew it was happening. I just yeah. read the comment thread. And, you know, yeah, I saw that. <laughs> it was uh, crazy. He, he started replying to some of them too and I was like, oh man, like, I, yeah, wouldn't, when, I wouldn't. It's it's very hard thing to do because some of my bits were controversial too. Not as controversial yeah. as Ari's, but you know the the firecracker at the police uh, officers on horses, mm-hmm. PETA, you know animal activists. They and, reached out to you. Oh my God! They wished death upon my soul. They said they wanted me stomped and murdered by horse hoofs. They wanted me ripped apart and pulled by horse hoofs. On what? On like Twitter or? Uh, this was in the beginning uh, when the online article was posted. Oh, okay. And as well as when the Laugh Factor reposted that bit, they, uh, you know, the animals. <laughs> I get blocked by a lot of animal lovers. And in reality, the truth of the situation was is I was a dumb, drunk alcoholic, and I lit firecrackers and threw them on the ground over here. Yeah. You know? And the police officers and sheriffs were over there. Yeah. I didn't even see them. I was drunk and was a dumb fuck. And then I lit them, threw them down, I literally look up and go, oh, no. Like, there's, <laughs> uh-oh. I'm in trouble. There's a posse of sheriffs right there. Yeah. None of it was intentional or malicious at all. It was, uh, I was a dumb fucking firecracker kid that liked to do jackass shit. Yeah. That's the truth. And then I was so drunk that I'd failed to notice a battalion of fucking sheriffs on goddamn horses 50 feet away from me or whatever. And it was just like in the movies that they explode and I'm walking through a cloud of smoke yeah. towards a posse of sheriffs on horses walking towards me. They're coming at me. I'm going at them. We're walking opposite directions. And they didn't even see who did it, uh-huh. you know? And uh, and I just prayed to God. And I was like, oh, God, if I get through this, please get fucking on the squid drugs. I'll tell my mom I love yeah. her. I'm retired. Yeah. I'm over this shit. And I actually walked past them because they didn't even see who did it. Uh-huh. And then um, uh, some guy ratted me out. He was like, it's uh, the guy with the bandana or backpack. I don't remember. But I was wearing both. And I was like, oh, that's me. And I just started <laughs> running. They chased me, tackled me down, arrested me. And uh, you keep your mouth shut and you get a lawyer. And we're in America, baby. <laughs> Anyways. So that's what really happened. But, of course, for comedy. And then in the, in the article written about me, it said I threw them directly underneath the horses. Which is a lie. Right. That the cops or the newspaper article or whatever, they, they wrote for the headlines. Because that makes for a juicier story. Right. And also it makes for a better bit. Yeah. 
you know, if, if I explain that whole story out like I just did, mm -hmm. you know. So, and it's when the Laugh Factory posted that, of course, all the animal, you're a monster, you're a, you know, and I'm like, I can't explain to every single person, right. like, hey, that's not exactly how it went down. This is a story that's slightly altered for the stage, for right. Right. laughter. And it's just exhausting. It's like, all right, you'd hate me, whatever. Don't follow me then. Yeah, yeah. That's it. It's so easy if you hate somebody. Don't follow them. Mm -hmm. Don't watch their shit. It's so funny that people will hate me or Ari Manis, and yet they'll watch everything and send us hate mail. It's like, you don't have to watch us, you dumb fuck. Right. There's fucking, go watch Rosie O'Donnell or, or whoever the fuck. Yeah. I don't know why, yeah. I get, why I come up with Rosie O'Donnell, but like, go watch somebody else. Yeah. I don't understand it. There's nine million entertainment options. And you choose to watch me even though you hate me and send me hate mail. That's, I don't I don't get it. That's nuts. Anyways. To uh one last thing before we wrap up the podcast and on kind of like a like to end on like a positive note. What's like what's your favorite moment in your like stand up six years career? Like what's your like if you were just think back like you went to bed after that happened, and you're just like, Wow, like that was that was the moment. I would say, uh, I mean, definitely uh, doing the will turn uh, with Chris, my homie Chris DeLeo, was a magical moment. And uh, so that's the up there. But I would say the, the fucking uh, most proudest moment I've ever had in my career is I had a great set as a host at the Hollywood Improv, which is hard. Having a good set as a host is hard, but especially at the Hollywood Improv, because I don't know, they're just not warm up top there. They just—it's very, very hard to have a good set as a host at the Hollywood Improv. I could do it everywhere else, much easier than there. And I got like two applaud breaks, and Neil Brennan was first. And I love Neil Brennan. I grew up yeah. watching the Chappelle Show, and if you don't know who Neil Brennan is, shame on you. But he created the Chappelle Show with right. Dave Chappelle, wrote it, directed it. He's brilliant. And he has a special on Netflix. I don't know why I'm plugging Neil. Brennan. He doesn't need help. He's a millionaire. But he uh, he didn't know who I was. He'd seen me around, and you know. Yeah. Get, but uh, Neil's the kind of guy that I just I don't even really know him that well. But I don't think he hands out compliments uh, very often. And he he shook my hand, and he was like. Uh, he's like, wow, that was the first time I seen you. You're funny, man. And I was just like, I wanted to cry. I was like, right. oh my god, Neil Brennan shook my hand and told me I'm funny. Uh, so that that was one of my more. I felt I felt very 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 good after that. That's fucking awesome. Because I man. don't believe he's a man that hands out many compliments mm -hmm. or handshakes for that matter. I think it's hard to get a head nod out of that. Guy. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. Uh, I know that's not a. I I would prefer if it was a TV show. Yeah. <laughs> but a handshake and a compliment from a guy that doesn't hand them out very often. No, that's that's really. It dope. felt real fucking good. Uh, yeah. Thanks. Thanks again for doing the podcast. This has been uh, episode twenty-one. Craig Conan. You could find him on Instagram, YouTube, everywhere at. Uh, Craig Conant, CR. Did you ask all your questions? I did. I did. You forgot one. 
What's that? You asked me before. Uh, you said something about an old YouTube video and the new. Shit. Oh, you're right. You're right. You're right. Um, <laughs> I don't even know the answer to that. It was. But I it for- was. Um, I watched an old stand-up clip of you from 2012 versus what I've seen live now and on Laugh Factory. Um, and your style kind of changed. Like your style back in tw- 2012 was kind of like high energy. Like the video that I watched, like your notebook was on the stool behind you, and like you kept like you'd get a laugh break, and like you looked like you got like not like excited, but like like energized by the laughter. And then you'd look at your notebook, and then you'd bounce back, and then like you'd tell another the joke. And now it's kind of like you're just kind of like you embrace like the the slow like the like yeah like. like uh, so um, I started pooping in the parking lot, kind of just slower. I have I have different gears now. I have like two gears, basically slow Craig and a little bit faster Craig. <laughs> <laughs> it's not much different. <clears throat> but yeah, what that was, I'm glad you asked that. Because all that was was uh, nervous. That was like my s- second or third time really on stage. And it was utter sheer nervous scared excitement energy right and also i was drinking and smoking weed at that time and i was high and tipsy and i do not recommend that no hell no um but it worked for me and my persona because look at me and uh but i was genuinely uh forget my jokes and i needed the notepad Mm -hmm. to be like what's next and the uh, audience feeds me so like i was just like a kid i was like a puppy yeah then and now it's more controlled and uh i guess that was it i wouldn't say it was a style change i just uh grew up and grew up developed right as a comedian and it's it's funny because when i watched that i also noticed like some of your bits became like you took parts of some of the things you were saying and plugged them into other bits and they became like what you use now like like you, I think you mentioned it one time, the milk, chocolate, peanut butter, nuggets, yeah. and Trader Joe's, then you mentioned the price. You said that like one time during the set, and then later on, like it's become like an actual bit in itself, where you like a running yeah. running tagline that's come through. So it's yeah, like, this just kind of happens organically. Like yeah. I, I was just being a weirdo at Trader Joe's, and I'm like, got peanut butter cups, 99 cents. And then uh, I would get messages, you know, like DMs going, ah, 99 <laughs> cents. And I was like, that's... That's what's killing it, you know. Yeah. Like basically, you never know what's gonna hit, and the shit that hits, you just keep doing. And now I don't really work there anymore, so yeah. I don't do it nearly as much. Right. But it, it was just, you know, it was just like fucking Marcona almond six ninety nine. You know, it just became a silly, stupid thing, and it was fun. And still to this day, I get people hitting me up like, "Plant two ninety nine. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and it's it's a it's a funny silly. Gag, I still. Oh, I did see. Um, said prices to shit. You and uh, Michael Lenochi were at like Home Depot. I saw that video. Yeah. And the, the part that killed me because you were doing like you, you like mentioned the prices like the plants and stuff, but like you were like cutting like a piece of wood and like you like like almost stepped out of character like all quick. You're like, what the fuck is like? Yeah. You're like, why the fuck isn't this like working or something? And it like it fucking killed me because I was like, oh fuck, like that's everyone that's ever fucking like done anything like self-checkout or anything you're like what the fuck is like yeah yeah i was just working and stuff i thought that was fucking hilarious thank you man i enjoyed that video we were just shop planting plant shopping i had to spruce up michael lenochi because he's a big dumb frat guy and he doesn't know how he's got cement hands cement feet that 
black car. I'm just kidding. I love Michael. <laughs> but I just mean like he had like no plants. He got a. Yeah, you're he, big he on plants. To, you got plants all over I the place. I was raised by all females. You got to have a woman's touch. You got to decorate your fucking place. Get a throw rug. Get some plants. Get some fucking candles. You know? I don't have fucking dust and PS boxes. Uh, I can't even. That's how bad I am. As be, I, I just try to say Xbox and PS3. PS and I said PS box. I don't play video games. I just dig in the dirt and play with plants and yeah, I my parties. my room and my car is trashed. It's I actually um, just did a new bit about it. But this chick, this Tinder chick, uh, we get back to my car and she wanted to like hook up in my car and like she turns around and looks in my back seat and it's just like filled with like mic stands and like speakers and stuff. And we ended up like hooking up on top of like my homie's speakers that I his yeah PA man system. come on <laughs> have a clean car. <laughs> Well, I didn't expect you to be on like got a got lucky date. and have a down ass chick yeah, give you yeah. some sweet loving in your car, some high school shit. <laughs> that exciting shit. I man, I can't even remember the last time I had car sex. Anyways, and you fucking blew it with microphone stands. It, we still did it. I actually that's pretty cool. God, God bless her, you know? Yeah. Well the, the PA system's heavy. I'm like I'm like, hey, I could like move it to the trunk, you know. Yeah, that's so funny. The life of a comic, man. You just got to have a PA system and a mic stand just like chilling yeah. in your back seat. That's so funny. Good for you. Getting laid, man. <laughs> awesome. All right, man. <coughs> Thanks again for doing the podcast. I sincerely appreciate it. No problem, homie. Um, this has been episode 21, Craig Conant. Uh, was your Instagram handle still Craig P. Conant? Or Craig just... P. Conant. Craig P. Conant. Because uh, some R. asshole took Craig Conant. Really? Yeah. Zero followers. That's the Zero same post. thing that happened like, to oh. we we launched a, a campaign for my other friend who was on my podcast. So we if you if you're down, we could launch one now. It's just uh, everybody go report Craig Conant the page and have it taken I'm, down. I have too many followers. On you're right. Craig P. Well, you could you could too late. change it, can't you? I could if I got rid of Craig Conant the imposter. I've reported them several times and even messaged them. Do they reply? I. I I don't know. I think it's just some asshole that uh, doesn't like me. Oh, oh, Zero so it wasn't, it wasn't someone, you think someone just made it just to take the handle? Well, is there, there's no other Craig Conan and the pictures, I think two girls <laughs> and there's zero posts, zero followers, zero this. It's just like, I don't know what else that could mean, you know, other uh, than yeah. somebody not wanting me to have my own name. I think one of my, one of my other comedian friends who, um, does a lot of like different he has like catchphrases and stuff he made like 20 different instagram accounts for all of them just so that somebody couldn't take it yeah absolutely yeah like, yeah dang you uh, gotta protect yourself i had to buy three names for my website just to have every different variation just in case yeah somebody types in the wrong one i could divert it to my website oh you could do that yeah oh that's dope so i have craig p conan craig conan you know yeah, that's dope. So you just own both of them, and no matter what anybody types in, it'll go to the same website. Oh, that's fucking awesome. Yeah, so you, if there's motherfuckers stealing your shit. <laughs> you could also catch Craig's podcast, uh, Community Service Podcast, and that's available everywhere. Right? Everywhere, all streaming platforms, YouTube's come out every Wednesday. Check that shit out. So straight after whatever you're listening to this one, too, just exit out and search Community, community Service Podcast. Have a good one, guys. Adios.